0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey Jonathan, how are you doing?
0: Doing well. I uh, had a good Thanksgiving and everything, so uh, it's uh, it was a was good to have a, a yeah. kind of downtime-ish, I guess. Uh, some slow news. We, we had to ask for it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago for a couple of slow yes. weeks, and we, I think we finally got it.
1: We got it. It was very nice. Not a whole lot happened. I think everyone was taking some time off, and um, that, that was good. It allowed us to do the same. So we had a very nice Thanksgiving here as well, very low-key.
0: Yes, and uh, you guys, you were in, in Harrisburg, and I was in Tupelo, right?
1: No, we were in Spartanburg.
0: Spartanburg. Spartanburg. Yes,
1: for, for the day, for Thanksgiving Day, and then came back here and uh, the, had a very – one of those weekends of doing almost nothing. We're not Black Friday shoppers. We are Black Friday don't leave the house people. Decorate for Christmas, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: decorate for Christmas, eat leftovers, and that's about it.
1: Yes. So very nice.
0: All right, we well, got a lot to cover this week. Uh, it's been two weeks, so we got about two weeks worth of stuff to cover. We we promise we won't keep you twice as long, uh, for those of you listening uh, this week. So jumping into it. End of the month means CP number. For the previous month, and we are up two point three five percent over budget projection through the first two months.
1: Yeah, so we ended last year. We kept watching to see if we would kind of stay ahead, and we did uh, just just a bit. And so here we are, starting out the next year. You know, you have one good year, and you you say, "What what's it going to look like?" Yeah. Uh, but right now, we're we're ahead of where we had said needed to be so that's that's good we'll have to keep tracking throughout the year
0: it is very good and it's exciting also to see as we head into this Lottie Moon Christmas offering time that giving is up so you know the hope would be that the Lottie Moon Christmas offering with all the news from IMB and everything they're going through uh that would be up as well
1: yeah I'm projecting we'll see the biggest Lottie Moon offering in history you
0: heard Um, it here first folks
1: yeah that that's that's what I'm gonna just lay it right down and say, I'm expecting that. It will be interesting to see uh, how, if that affects that CP number, if it'll kind of stay ahead of budget projection as well. That would be a really good thing.
0: Yes, it would. And uh, moving on to the next uh, item of business here a historic First Baptist Church building has been condemned in Augusta, Georgia.
1: Yeah, so this is, um, th- there was a story in Baptist Press explaining this. It's, in Augusta, it's at the corner of Eighth Avenue and Green Street, and it it served as the home for First Baptist Augusta. That's not the building where the SBC was founded, but uh, the previous building was on the same location. So First Baptist had uh, relocated, and old building was sold into private ownership. Um, the congregation no longer affiliated with the SBC, but the building just. Was just not, not possible anymore. City inspector kind of spoke in, and so that's that's just kind of a sad, just a sad thing.
0: Yeah, it is a sad thing to note. And you know, this is a really cool looking building from the outside. It looks more like a courthouse though than a church.
1: Yeah, very beautiful. There's that sort of dome mm. in the middle, uh, rotunda looking thing. You know, um, big columns I out spent, front. So yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time in Augusta, but I've never been. Um, I wish I had gone to go watch a certain golf tournament that every member of my family has attended except for me. Wow. But no bitterness.
0: I'm not bitter there. about that. None, none at all. Yeah,
1: um, at all. but I've been down there for a couple of weddings. So, uh, but I, I, I would love to, to have seen this building. It looks really beautiful. So. Yeah,
0: and, and speaking of attending things, uh, other people attending things, and not, and you not getting to go, uh, the ERLC, <laughs> they recently took a trip to uh, Israel. Uh, Fully funded by the Philos Project. Uh, Just want to point that out there. No CP funds used here to fund the the trip. Uh, But it was a trip to better understand the Middle East and everything that's going on with Israel and the Arab countries over there. Uh, Four or five of the top-level executives from the ERLC went on that. A bunch of friends of ours were there and uh, had a great time. I've talked to a few of them since they've been back. They just had a phenomenal time. I took a few pastors as well. I think David Prince from Southern went with them. Uh, Clint Presley, yeah. Nathan Leno, and a few others uh, went with the staffers. And um, a really good trip, very productive, and, and is helping in the establishment of the um, Middle East office that ERLC is putting over there.
1: Yeah, trips like this can be really important. Uh, the, I mean, this is why people go on study visits and um, when they're in school. I did a study visit to the Middle East when I was in college, and it uh, was connected with my degree program. And you, you just, there's so much more that you learn by being on the ground, seeing what people are dealing with. And uh, that, I think that did just that. It really kind of helped these leaders uh, to see things and understand the issues currently in Israel. I mean, I think they did some touring as well and uh, got to see some really historic things. But it, it seems like part of this was about um, getting a deeper understanding of what's going on right now. So, uh, moving on to another entity in Nashville, very near the ERLC, uh, big headline. Life- <laughs> yes, yes. For now, LiveWay completing the sale of its downtown Nashville campus. Yep. So, um, it's a little sad for me. That's my only memory of uh, working there. Although we've seen that same here. coming, but once, you- <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Why don't you and, tell us a little bit? And for bit the about- last
0: hundred and ten years, I guess uh, the same for yeah. everyone who's worked here. So, LifeWay, we finally have sold the campus uh, for a whopping $125 million. The, the local paper called it an epic land deal, uh, and which a lot of us kind of got a kick out of. But $125 million sales price, and most of that will be eaten up in a new facility that we'll be building. Uh, the, the, the main reason here, we don't need 1.4 million square feet. And the 14 and a half acres we had. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, we need about 300,000 right. square feet. So, uh, best stewardship of our property, of our finances as well. And, and also, a new campus uh, with better space to accommodate our needs and technology and just the upgrades and all the systems that go into buildings uh, will save Lifeway in the neighborhood of uh, eight figures annually. Over you know that's
1: great. Just a, a more efficient. Yeah,
0: just the efficiencies alone will efficient. be worth about an eight eight figure increase in savings for Lifeway. So it's not just a short term you know turnaround, sell high, you know make some money, put some money into reserves. But it's it's just a long term helps uh, put money into the bank every year for Lifeway. So great thing. Congratulations to Dr. Rayner and the team here at Lifeway. That's great. Uh, for getting that done I know it's it's been a long time coming we've been waiting for this day and it finally happened uh, the monday before Thanksgiving so
1: yeah well this is the time in Nashville because every everyone is coming the world is coming to Nashville and
0: yes and unfortunately we have to we have to build now so it's a great time to sell yes but you've also got to build and, and buy land so and you
1: got to do something
0: yeah so that about. news should be coming out uh maybe in the next month or so we'll have a final place and a final location for the the facility well, so we'll just have to wait and see on that
1: We'll be eager to hear hear about that. Uh, so let's look down to Louisiana. Yes, very, my home very state.
0: Very cool story yes. coming out of Louisiana.
1: A prison church, Angola, uh, the, the the Louisiana State Penitentiary, um, has joined a local Baptist association. Yes, uh, the, the Washington Baptist Association has um, about uh, thirty eight churches. And the church at the state penitentiary, which has been in place, it's five years old. It's called Grace Baptist. Um, it's the only Southern Baptist church among the 28. I loved that. There are 28 churches led by inmates at Angola. This is the Southern Baptist one. Um, so they have 65 members. They meet five times a week, um, in the education center and twice a month in the chapel. Um, the pastor is a graduate of the New Orleans Seminary's extension program at Angola, which I think we've mentioned this before. I learned about this program about 10 years ago, and I, from the beginning of hearing about this, I, I just loved it. This I love the story of this extension center. And so seeing this now, um, what is happening as far as churches developing within the penitentiary, and I think within other penitentiaries around Louisiana uh, in in some ways as well. Um, I, I think it's just incredible. So really, really neat. But they have joined their local Baptist association. It's a fully recognized Southern Baptist church.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is it's really not their local Baptist association because uh, Angola is located up in West Feliciana Parish north of St. Francisville. And okay. the, the penitentiary, I mean, it's a good hour, hour and a half from the Washington Baptist Association. So, this is a and a deliberate outreach from the Washington Baptist Association because Washington and St. Tammany Parish, they're on the far right-hand side of that little boot part of Louisiana, right there by Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so St. Tammany Parish is where Slidell is on the north shore of the lake. Washington Parish just above it where Bogalusa is. Um, so for Angola, the, the Grace Baptist Church in Angola, to be joining this church, this is a, an intentional outreach on somebody's part, obviously from the Washington Baptist Association, to be a part of, what's going on at Angola so that that encourages me even more somebody who doesn't really know Louisiana doesn't realize that geography what a big deal Uh, so this is this is a really big deal for a local Baptist Association on the north side of the lake there to be involved in a uh, church over there at Angola Uh, because uh, literally that's that's a good hour and a half uh, on back roads across the uh, just a, a bunch of nothing in north um North part of that uh, that boot part of Louisiana.
1: Well, I I, I love this story. This is just every, every time something else comes out of this program in Louisiana, I, I think it's just a great encouragement.
0: So yeah, so congratulations to uh, the Washington Baptist Association for their outreach, and uh, congratulations to Grace Baptist Church for being a part of the Southern Baptist Convention through the Washington Baptist Association. Now, turning our attention to something to it's really not. Baptist-related specifically, but it kind of affiliates with us. The Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod has officially severed its relationship with the Boy Scouts of America. Now, Amy, tell us why this is important.
1: It's important in some ways because, first of all, let's, let's clarify. A lot of times we hear Lutheran Church and we have sort of an understanding um, of a more mainline denomination. This particular denomination, it's the second largest Lutheran denomination in America, and it is um, LCMS, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. This is an evangelical denomination, theologically conservative, um, so it's kind of different from what some people might automatically think of. We have a a Lutheran church here in Wake Forest, Hope Lutheran, that's part of this uh, group, and it is a wonderful church. Our kids have gone to VBS there. Um, They're a great um, great group of of churches. They had uh, a little bit more than what we had with the Boy Scouts of America. They had a, a memorandum of understanding in 2013 where they had pledged to work together um, and they said actually to establish and nurture scout units as an expression of the nurture and outreach ministry of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. So when we think about how we talked back and forth about uh, this issue with the Boy Scouts and the SBC a few years ago, people were trying, you know, some folks said we want to stay connected with it and have it in our church and use it in this way. Some people said cut all ties. And it it was really understood that there there were multiple ways to kind of address this and autonomy played into that. Very different. LCMS had an actual formal, um, formal connection, somewhat not not necessarily endorsing it, but um, has said this is going to be an expression of nurture and outreach ministry. We we want to encourage this, um, and then individual congregations could decide whether to sponsor the scout troops. But they just decided this had to be dissolved because of what has developed with the boy scouts of america over the last uh, the last few years. So it's just an interesting thing for us to look at uh when we kind of consider our uh, resolution a couple of years ago um just watching what another group some of the decisions that they've that they've had to make. So just something that that we can look at and say okay well, I mean I think we support the decision that they've made um Understand it and you know it's just of note,
0: yes. And uh, it will be interesting to see if any of this kind of spills over into the SPC in the future uh, because of all the turmoil that kind of went on uh, about a, about I guess two years ago now,
1: yeah. And I mean, and I think what we, we saw that big discussion a couple of years ago, and then I think we're just seeing less and less connection among individual churches. I know there's still some, but we're seeing less connection. And I, I've seen a little bit more of an increase of the Trail Life USA group around, but, uh, but it's just different. It's just different because we didn't have any kind of official agreement. So,
0: Moving on now, uh, some news from back across the street from Lifeway over at the Executive Committee building. Bill Sumners, the director of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives since 1988, uh, will be retiring from his post in July of 2016. So he's been there for about 28 years now and will be retiring this July. And that means we are looking for a new director of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives.
1: Yeah, so uh, we need to... Well, we The preservation of that history is so important. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful about whoever comes into that position. I know he's done um, a lot of work uh, a lot of work to to take that massive task i the you know this is where I get a lot of the history things that I talk mm-hmm. about on here, just through the digital resources. It's obviously been in his tenure that that those resources have been digitized because mm-hmm. that wasn't an option yeah. when he came on. Um, I'm grateful for that as someone who's not in Nashville. Uh, and, and you know, doesn't have direct access that I can sit here and see just some tremendous uh, primary sources of things that uh, have happened in our history. And as we sort of discover things we didn't even realize before, it it really matters to protect these things.
0: It does. And uh, Bill has kind of led us into the digital age, you know, with the archives, with the, the preservation of our history as Southern Baptist and now... Uh, We're looking for someone to pick up that torch and kind of carry it on. Not a torch into the library, that'd be bad. Uh, But that baton, uh, pick up that baton from Bill and carry that on. So it'll be interesting to see what the Council of Seminary Presidents do uh, with that job. Uh, He's got a a staff of a few people. Taffy Hall is kind of the assistant over there. And uh, Dr. Moeller is the president of the Council of Seminary Presidents. And they'll be looking for a new director. The information, if you're interested in that or want to, uh, send in a nomination. Uh, Dr. Moeller said in the press release that he will be receiving nominations through the end of 2015. Uh, all that information is at the link provided at SBC this week. Next up, some more news from ERLC. We talked about them a little bit earlier, but they have partnered with Southern Seminary to offer a pair of doctoral ethics degrees. Uh, one is a DMIN, the other is a Doctor of Education Ministry, uh, and those are 32 and 46 hours respectively. And they add to the PhD program, which they established this past spring. So you've got a PhD, a DMIN, and a Doctor of Education Ministry in Ethics at Southern, now available through partnership with the ERLC.
1: Absolutely. And this, these are interesting degree programs because they're since they're professional doctoral degrees, they're going to be for people who are actually uh, in, the, in ministry fields right now and yes. are, are really seeing how these things play out. Uh, and obviously, with how our culture is changing so quickly, uh, there's a real need for practitioners to be developing in these areas. So, All
0: right, Amy, we just ended November, and you know what that means. That means the state conventions, annual meetings All right, are finally let's done.
1: Let's take a tour. Let's take a tour we've, around we've the got
0: country. A, we've got a <laughs> lot of them to cover um we had a lot that were still outstanding that had happened earlier in the month but just we haven't gotten reports from that came in uh mississippi was one of those uh i think or a couple more i think tennessee was another one and then we had a lot that kind of happened at the end of the week uh the week that we ended our pre-thanksgiving taping uh so let's go through these number one right out the gate just came out today actually the information did from the georgia baptist convention georgia approved a budget of forty million six hundred thousand dollars The first increase that they have seen in their budget over the past six years, they also increased their CP giving uh, percentage from 40 to 42%, uh, not to be uh, kind of fooled by the 53.95% that was uh, listed in there. That includes a lot of designated gifts such as Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, Uh, uh, that they mentioned that they would be forwarding on. So when you add all of that up, then it becomes over 50%. uh, But that CP% percent that uh, we've talked about from all the other states is still down at 42%. And uh, they they also approved that name change we talked about a few weeks ago. So that has been accepted. Uh, The Georgia Baptist Convention, as they are known, is now going to be known as the Georgia Baptist Mission Board.
1: All right, let's jump over to Oklahoma. Um, so Oklahoma, the Messengers approved uh, the proposed budget of $24.5 million. Um, that's down from uh, the, t- the budget of last year, uh, down almost a $1 million, about 912000 And the reason is uh, that they're just trying to be conservative because of where the economy is going in yeah. Oklahoma. So yeah. Anthony Jordan had explained that.
0: Yeah, when oil prices um, are down. Oklahoma yeah. economy is down.
1: Yeah, you have to make some adjustments. We like it, they don't. Uh, th- One of those things. That's right. They voted to continue allocating 40% uh, to send on to uh, the SBC, um, the cooperative programs as a whole, and then they'll divide uh, 44% for the BGCO and then 16% for their affiliated ministries, Oklahoma Baptist University Children's Home. Uh, Baptist Foundation of Oklahoma and Baptist Village Communities. Um, Hans Dillback at Quail Springs was elected to a second term as president, and then they had a real emphasis on individual evangelism, um, speaking specifically about what it means to share the gospel uh, with others and talking through embracing an evangelism strategy. So uh, that's that was where they are.
0: Moving to the Mid-Atlantic, uh, and actually the Mid-Atlantic Baptist Network, which uh, the old guard would probably know that is the Maryland-Delaware State Convention. Uh, they are now going by the Mid-Atlantic Baptist Network. Um, they have a new interim executive director. We've mentioned the uh, the empty executive director seat. That and South Carolina, I think two of the big ones that are outstanding. I think there's a couple more out there as well. But uh, they have a new interim executive director, and that would be uh, Rick Hancock, who uh, recently became the director of missions for the Mid-Maryland Baptist Association. Rick is now serving in that interim network executive director role. Uh, Tom Stoll had been serving in that role and is stepping down, but they approved a $7.9 million budget, which includes cooperative program receipts of 3.875. Of that 3.875, they're planning on sending 42.5 42.5 up from 41.5 so a one percent increase and they re-elected bill warren the pastor of allen memorial baptist church in salisbury maryland as the network president that'll do it from the mid-atlantic baptist network uh please pray for those guys i know they're really in the involved in looking for that executive director as we've mentioned so uh praying for yep. you guys up there in maryland and delaware to find that next leader that you have to, to kind of usher in the next phase of the mid-atlantic baptist network
1: all right, let's move over to Mississippi. We seem to be jumping back and forth in the...
0: Yeah, I didn't really put uh, these geographically this time. Sorry. Go
1: sort to of the east this time. So Mississippi uh, adopted a budget of uh, 31522005 That was an increase of about 237000 over last year's budget. Um, they have, they're have they bumping up their sending on to Southern Baptist Convention causes by 0.25%. Uh, It was 37% last year. They're going to send 37.25% on. Um, The sort of interesting thing that came out of that uh, convention is that they're proposing a constitutional amendment uh, just to add to their bylaws that the doctrinal guidelines for their state convention will be the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message. Um, So uh, obviously... A lot of our state conventions, they hold to this, they connect to this, but they're sticking it in their bylaws, making this, um, sort of this constitutional amendment. Now, what they have to do is they make the proposed amendment, then um, it gets published in the annual and the Baptist record, and then it's voted on the following year. So this didn't actually happen. They made the proposal this year, and then they'll vote next year yeah. on that change. But very, very interesting thing.
0: All right, moving over to Arizona, back out west with this one. Uh, they had a cyclist team from the state convention. They rode 182 miles from Palm Vista Baptist Church in Surprise, right outside of Phoenix, to Yuma uh, to kind of commemorate this year's convention and raise money for cooperative program giving and, and awareness, I guess you could say, in the state. So a really, really cool little thing there, just uh, thinking outside the box, those guys in, in Arizona. And uh, they had 466 messengers, and at the meeting, and they're showing a 1.95 percent budget increase from last year, and they will be sending on 29 percent, an increase of 1.5 percent uh, to the SPC. So they went from 27.5 up to 29 percent.
1: Uh, all right, let's let's look at look at Illinois. Um, so Illinois focused on uh, evangelism. We see this committing to the yeah, gospel outreach stuff. So.
0: Yeah, we had yeah. Oklahoma. We had we talked about Louisiana, the last one. We've had a lot of these churches, which is good. I mean, we should be in fo- focusing on evangelism, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, so th- this is a, a good thing, uh, just kind of across the board. They approved a budget with an anticipated cooperative program commitment of $6.3 um, they are holding at 43.25% going on to SBC causes. And uh, then they also reported that 107 churches in Illinois had taken the 1% um, CP challenge, 15 of those churches doing it two years in a row. Um, so they're, the, they honored those churches uh, for doing that. And then they adopted several resolutions, uh, many of them on kind of, you know, social issues, talking about Christians suffering persecution in various parts of the world, uh, resolution on the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage, uh, things like that. And uh, Kevin Carruthers, pastor of Rochester First Baptist Church, um, who was vice president, was elected president for next year. They also took up an offering of about uh, almost $2,800 designated to assist IMB personnel returning from the field.
0: Moving north to Michigan, this was the first annual meeting for new Executive Director Tim Patterson. I met Tim back in June at the SBC Convention in Columbus. He had just been elected in May. He was still pastoring, I think, down in Florida before he uh, moved up there, and he was on his way to Michigan. And he got to Michigan, and he got to business because uh, they were having some issues with the convention bylaws and constitution and had had some back and forth, and things had been you know, not resolved over the past couple of years. He comes in and they took care of business uh, this year and got the messengers to approve both the Constitution and the bylaw changes unanimously, as well as adopting a budget of $2.2 million, which is down from 1% from the 2015 budget. However, they're increasing the state's cooperative program giving to the Southern Baptist Convention national and international causes by 1%. So they moved that up from 305 to 31.5%, as well as electing uh, Charles Turner as president of the state convention.
1: All right, let's go west now. Let's head to Montana.
0: Yeah, big news, oh. big news from Montana.
1: Yeah, in Montana, they, uh, they've they sold, their kind of like LifeWay, they've sold their headquarters.
0: In Tennessee. Yes. Headquarters too. We're yes, the only Tennessee
1: That's right, that's right. So uh, they have headquarters in Billings. They are staying in Billings, but they are going to uh, downsize uh, their location. They need to kind of accommodate their staff, which has become less centralized, so it's it's smaller.
0: Big state, a lot of ground to cover. Probably good thing to have a decentralized staff.
1: Yes. So their building is now on the market, and once they sell, then they'll choose a new site. But the proposal did specify the state office will stay there in and billings. Uh, they approved a budget of 1353000 They anticipate 542000 in NCP funds from participating churches, and they will forward 25% on to SBC, national and international causes. This is the same uh, that they did last year, and uh, it's always important to note you've brought this up several times over the last few weeks. We're always going to see lower percentages in these frontier states yes. because it's just a really different situation. Yeah,
0: with the exception there. of Nevada, Colorado, and Iowa. Uh, yeah. Most of the other ones, the, the budgets are so low because there are so few churches, uh, they just really could not function if they were at 50-50, um, like some of these southern states, uh, uh, you know, like Florida and Kentucky, for, to, for example.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the, the even the, the ministries, the things that they have to do to support these churches that are so far apart, they don't really have an option to you know, they're not in these towns with tons of, of churches mm-hmm. that can work together. The the things that are needed to support them, they're gonna be really different things as well than what you might see. Just important to uh to note. But the big the the big news out of that, uh was their the that they're selling their building. So
0: Moving on to the Eastern Seaboard again, the Pennsylvania-South Jersey uh, Convention. They marked the retirement of their executive director, David Waltz. So everybody on the Eastern Seaboard, I guess, is looking for an executive director now. Yeah, it's
1: another opening.
0: <laughs> so Pennsylvania-South Jersey, Maryland-Delaware, South Carolina, they're all looking. And I think the, uh, the Northeast... Uh, Did we fill with that one? New England Baptist (sighs) Convention.
1: I can't remember. I'm not sure if we did or not.
0: Anyway, let's move back. Let's get back into this. Um, So Pennsylvania, South Jersey, they approved a budget of $2.8 million, 26% moving on to the cooperative program, an increase of 0.3%. And Brian King, pastor of Ezekiel Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was elected to his second term as the BRN president. And that, uh, that leads us to just two more, Amy. We have two more states. Um, Alabama, right. Alabama, where I just moved from, they adopted a $40 million budget uh, and have kind of simplified their sending on. Uh, 53% stays in the state, 47% to SBC causes. Before they had like state, SBC, and shared expenses listed, uh, but they've simplified okay. that much like all the other states and uh, make it just make it a lot cleaner, a lot clearer for people to see. Uh, so kudos to them. It's at 47%. I think that's up a couple of points from where it was before uh, because the math is a little funny with the, the shared expenses because you never really know how those things broke down. So um, kudos to Rick Lance and his team down there. Also, uh quick shout-out to a friend of mine, John Tweet, who is the pastor at First Baptist Pell City and a, a trustee at Southern Seminary. Uh, it was re elected as first vice president of the state convention. Uh, all the uh, officers were re elected. Travis Coleman from First Baptist Pradville and Tim Cox, pastor of Liberty Baptist out there in Chelsea, just outside of Birmingham, also elected uh, as second vice president, re elected, I guess, as second vice president. And that leads us to our final one, Amy. Your, yeah, let's
1: round your it somewhat,
0: up. Somewhat home state and where I currently hey, live. It is,
1: my, it is my home state. It is your home state. Um, and my right current to- state. Yes, born and raised in Tennessee. Um, uh, they met at a First Baptist Church in Millington. Had about nine hundred. They had nine hundred fifty-three. Uh, the attendance was down from the year before, but up from the last time in West Tennessee, which that's a big deal. I don't yeah. think people realize how long. Yeah, Tennessee uh, is Tennessee in a long
0: is. state. It's right. about so, seven hours to drive from Johnson City to Memphis.
1: Yes, it's a, it's it's very long. So anytime you do something in West Tennessee, you lose the East a lot of nice. them, and, and vice versa. So Just have
0: it in Nashville every year. I'm cool with that. Exactly. I could go to it uh, every year.
1: Yes, you could. All right, so the messengers adopted a budget of 34250000 That's the exact same dollar amount as the budget from last year, but a major difference, 43.9% um, of CP receipts will be forwarded to the SBC compared to 4207 uh, Randy Davis... Uh, updated everyone that the the move is continuing on toward 50-50 and the goal is to get to it by uh, 2018-19. Um, also, they, uh, they also did the same thing we just talked about in Mississippi. They did approve, they approved an amendment to their constitution that talks about uh, people who are going to serve on the governing bodies of boards and institutions of the TBC uh, will uh, hold to the Baptist Faith and Message, 2000. So, just interesting. Saw saw very similar, not not the same kind of wording, except in this one in Tennessee, they actually were voting on it. So they passed that to be part of their bylaws.
0: Yep. So that just about does it for state convention annual meeting recaps. We've. I think got a few still outstanding, and we'll just see if they ever trickle in. Arkansas is kind of the biggie that's still hanging out there, um, as well as, let's see here, I got I got a list of the ones that are still outstanding. We got Arkansas, the Northwest Baptist Convention, Col- District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and we talked about the BGAV, but we really don't have any, any final um, things in Baptist Press for them. So uh, there's just a few little ones that are kind of hanging out there, three or four of them, that uh, we still haven't heard official reports from. Um, if those come in over the next week or so, we'll get those on the podcast. Uh, one quick note, at the blog this week, we dropped a list of the uh, the state convention. The cooperative program splits from each state. So you can go to SPC this week. You'll see at the top there's a blog post with all the list and it's ranked by how much they changed this year as well as uh, the amount that they will be sending on. So there's two rankings there. You can look at each list. It's the same information, just uh, sorted differently. So you can see exactly what your state is passing on and what other states are as well. Uh, so if you have any questions on that or if something may be off, maybe I got a number wrong, let me know. There's a, an email address, jonathan at spcthisweek.com. And we will get that corrected. But uh, just a couple of quick notes from that data, Amy. Before we get to this week in SBC history, uh, 16 state conventions remain unchanged in their amount passed on to the – or their percentage passed on to the executive committee. But six of those 16 were already at 50-50. So um, yeah. they, they just, just have to keep going. Uh, but uh, 50-50 is kind of that benchmark everybody's trying to move towards. So six conventions were already there before this year. And uh, 10 others remained unchanged. But seven conventions now, with the addition of Florida, have made it to 50-50. Those seven conventions are Iowa, Nevada, Kentucky, Florida, SBC Texas, SBC Virginia, and Colorado. So that brings us now to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy minds.
1: Well, this week I actually decided not to go too Obscure and to really hit on something that was important this week in American history, um, and that was the 60th anniversary of uh, the day uh, that Rosa Parks refused to give up her bus seat in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting thing to think about how this fits into SBC history because, as we will readily admit, and uh, I think our listeners will as well, uh, we have kind of a tough a tough history in this area. Um, And uh, it's, it's interesting uh, to reflect on this. And a lot of people have even said, how can Southern Baptists reflect on this? But I think we can. First of all, what this, we know uh, she became sort of an iconic symbol in the civil rights movement. Um, It was sort of, it was just this huge moment in everything that was happening. It kind of catalyzed the, the, Events of the time uh, sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, which uh, was sort of led by a Baptist minister, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, One little nugget in in history with that is that he spoke in chapel at Southern Seminary during that time Uh, as well. I I remember that picture. Yeah, I, I remember at some point. When we were at Southern years ago, Keith coming home and telling me that uh, that was at a time when to listen to old chapel sermons, you just go to you had to go to the library, listen to them on cassette tape, and I think maybe he went and listened to that. Now uh, it's but, all
0: digitized, thanks to people like Mr. Sumners.
1: Yes, yes, but uh, there there were places where this sort of intersected, and and he received a very. Um, warm welcome there and i believe i remember reading you know he received a standing ovation it was a there was a real mix obviously some things that were not good during that time of the way southern baptists handled the issues of the day Uh, but there were folks uh, who did stand for the right things Um, but about 10 years ago when uh, she died uh, russell moore put something out. He was the dean of at Southern Seminary at the time, and it, and it was a piece called Why Southern Baptists Say Amen to Rosa Parks, and just addressed the fact that, you know, how, how can we look at this? Because we do know and understand our past uh, as the SBC. We addressed it in 1995 with our um, resolution condemning the, the pro-slavery past, uh and then really for twenty years we've been addressing it and trying to say we want to we want this to be different. We want to look more like the kingdom um of heaven in uh every tongue tribe nation. We want to to really see that that diversity uh that that should be celebrated and, and unified. So it, it's it's he addresses that and he just says she can be, we can look at her. Uh, the, the, at the end, he talks about this is why conservative Southern Baptists can look back at a courageous lady in mid-century Montgomery and say amen. So I'm just going to share uh, the link from that blog post uh, 10 years ago because it's a big, big week in American history, and I think it's a week that we need to reflect on as well. Um, so there you go.
0: Thanks again for that, Amy. It's a good reminder. Of the 60th anniversary uh, kind of came and went with just some other crazy news with all the shootings and stuff this week. So it kind of got drowned out of the news a little bit. So I'm, I'm glad you highlighted that here. That's going to move us on to our resource of the week. Mine is Women on Life, a new book edited by Trillian Newbell on pro-life matters coming from women. Uh, there's a good story in Baptist Press about that. Check it out. It's one of the first books that ERLC has published in their kind of self-published line. So... Uh, check that out. A great book, not just for women, but just for pro-life causes. Uh, you, we've got the uh, Evangelicals for Life March, an event that's coming up in January up in D.C. Uh, some information about that at the ERLC website as well. Amy, what is your resource of the week?
1: Uh, mine's a new book uh, that's come out from b Academic, and it's by Bruce Ashford, who's the provost here at Southeastern Seminary, and Chris Papalardo. Uh, it's called one Nation under God a Christian hope for Politics and, and uh, I saw
0: some great reviews and endorsements of that this week
1: yeah good stuff um and it's it's really just about what it means uh, to to relate our faith to politics and of course it's a really important time for that um, right now the the field frankly on both sides is is pretty saturated, uh, and it's hard to know what what to make sense. I mean, when we're in a stage where one party is having to have two debates, like the A team and the B team, yeah, and uh, so many people are up there that you get these tiny little sound bites. It's it's honestly hard to know what to make sense. How it's hard to know how to make sense of everything, um, and so uh, Bruce Ashford and Chris Papalardo just do a, a great job of addressing. How do we engage um, in politics?
0: Now, who is Chris? I, I have not met him yet. Is he on staff at Southeastern?
1: Uh, no, Chris Papillardo is a he's he is local. He is at uh, Summit Church and has just done some writing with Dr. Ashford uh, through the years, and so they kind of worked on this project together.
0: Okay, very cool. All right, so and you also need to check out some of the endorsements that that they decorated Dr. Ashford's office with.
1: Yes, they did do because
0: that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was rolling with some of those. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got to give a, the listeners a backstory on that one because most of them probably didn't see that.
1: Yeah, so just in celebrating the launch of the book, uh, some friends of Dr. Ashford uh, developed some, you know, what if this person had endorsed the book, what would they say? And uh just printed several of them out and Papered his office with them, so he took a picture of a few of those and yes. put them on on From social all over
0: media. the theological per, uh, spectrum.
1: Yes, yes. So he all he posted. <laughs> they are they are. So he posted those on uh, Twitter, I believe, and uh, that that kind of popped up. I, I had a meeting in the provost's office the other day and got to I sat down and like, what is this? And uh, saw a few of those, and then. They more people got to see them when he when
0: he posted them. So yeah, so those were really very cool. funny, very good, very good. Next week uh, should be a pretty busy week in the SBC. We've got a lot of graduations going on at the seminaries. Uh, I know the, a lot of the state convention personnel will be traveling to Ridgecrest. Please pray for your state convention people as they travel to Ridgecrest. It should be good weather. Uh, the The winter is not quite as brutal as it was expected to be yet here in the south. Uh, So travel should be pretty simple to Ridgecrest next week. I'll be over there, uh, State Convention Summit, Partner Summit. A lot of the State Convention execs and uh, staff will be at Ridgecrest next week for that. Also, keep in mind, December the 11th, that's next Friday. That is the final day for VRI-eligible IMB missionaries and personnel to make decisions on that. Uh, The the deadline was earlier in November, but they had a 45-day window, I think it was, uh, until December the eleventh uh to make that right. decision final, so um right. that that's next week, and also just be in prayer for the lighty moon Christmas offering as that that goes on over the next uh few weeks here. I know our church has got a big push about that. I think next weekend is our big lighting moon Christmas offering day we've uh, been hearing things about that, so uh, yeah be be, be praying on. about
1: yeah, be praying about what you will give as individuals, what your churches will give, and uh also. We didn't really address this because I think this is a story that everyone is tracking with, but just what's going on uh, in San Bernardino as more yep. information comes out and, and a lot of people are suffering and, and struggling out there. And we do know there are some um, some of our own pastors who are serving people out there and, uh, and just yes. helping them through that.
0: That's right. Wiley Drake was mentioned in a news story recently, uh, as, uh, being on the scene out there.
1: Yes, uh, they were talking about him on NPR this morning, and uh, he was quoted in, um, I think, People magazine. Uh, those those because, presidential candidates. Yes, well, I think he's not that far, and he went to where the victims were, were being brought, uh, those who were brought, who were brought to safety, and uh, was just praying with, with people. So uh, I'm sure there are some other pastors out there as well, and so we just need to, to remember that as
0: also. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast. We will see you next week.
1: See you next week.